Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Clausen, and today I have Bronwyn Jane on with us, and she holds certificates as a psychic mediumship practitioner and in parapsychology, spiritual healing, and advanced metaphysics. So welcome to the show today. Thank you for having me, Andrea. Yeah. So I'm so pleased to be here. I know I, I was just telling you before, you know, I hit record is this is probably the first time I've had anyone, um, I think in the psychic realm or openly speaking about it. So I would love to know how that, um, first came into your life or how did you kind of stumble upon, um, your own gifts? So it's probably what I would say. It's, it's not uncommon as a child to know that you can see hear, and feel things that other people can't. So that's what I was like. My first memory would be when I was about eight years old after my grandfather passed away, I still was able to have a relationship with him. That did freak everyone out um, within the family. I can they, imagine. They were, <laughs> they, they, um, were not um, open to that. So as I grew, I, I learned that I couldn't always tell everyone what I experienced because it would unnerve them. So I just traveled along my, my life growing and as a teenager, just sort of worked out that I could use this um, innate knowing things to maneuver through life and be able to work out who to spend time with and who not to and what situations to avoid and, and how to um, just journey through those tougher years with a little bit more awareness. And then when I became a parent, my early 30s, um, my, I realized that my child was like me as well. Mm -hmm. And so that allowed me to go, okay, I need to get some formal education around this so I can be consciously parenting someone that is like me so they can have a different childhood to what I had. And so off I went seeking knowledge and understanding it in a formal sense and, and really embracing who I was more by doing that even though my initial motive was to consciously parent, it allowed me to come into contact with who I was with more awareness and what I did and, and how it worked even on a scientific level because I'm quite analytical and kind of sceptical, which makes this even more interesting when um, you're, you come from that space. So that's, and then I've just gone along that journey and then after a few years I decided that I would um, open my world up to people that I didn't know and started to share this um, ability and awareness with people that I didn't know by connecting them to those in spirit. And you had, um, I read in your bio, you know, you went from being a, a successful retail business owner to a full-time medium. How was that transition? And, you know, what kind of got you to that leap to start your own business? So, as being a mother, I used to be in corporate. So I was um, a, a senior manager in banking and finance. And so very analytical. Area, <laughs> hence why I'm the way I am. Yeah, so. So, what being a mother, those worlds didn't blend. So then that motivated me to create my own business, which was an online perfume retail business. Started with not very much money and turned over a massive figures within the first year. And I loved it, breathed it, would easily work, you know, 20 hours a day when we're in Christmas time and things like this. But I was also being drawn to through this conscious parenting and getting this knowledge around conscious parenting, um, this other world and it was becoming intriguing and I was wanting to explore it more. So initially I would try and balance both running the online perfume business and 
um, reading. And it just became a little bit challenging. What was interesting was I noticed as I was being pulled more to the reading and the spirit world, spirit was making space by changing the environment that my other business was in. And the passion just started to shift and change. And through the the passion changing about the online business and, and the commitment to that, I was just noticing a real movement within me. And so I just thought I have to really give this a go, this other world, to really embrace this other world. And so I just said I'm I'm setting a date and I set a date and I'm just going to just shelf the other business. I didn't didn't fully trust myself, so I didn't sell it or anything. These people are like, why don't you sell it? It's like, oh, I'm not quite sure. I might just want to go back to that if this doesn't work. Um, So I didn't, I just shelved it all and just went, I'm going to give it a go. I mean, I think that's a total normal response because I kind of, when I started my business, I was working full-time in a job as well. And it was the same kind of like, oh, do I go? And basically the owner of the other small business was like, all right, either, you know, you're going with your business or mine. You can't do both. Cause I started just, my body was shutting down I was throwing up every Friday. And so I find that to be a, just a common thing, like that, that little intuition or thread that just kind of keeps pulling you and pulling you and coming from, I think it's harder if people are super analytical and, you know, how did you kind of set that side of yourself away to say, I am, I'm just going to embrace this intuition. Like, how do you find that balance? Cause I have a lot of people who are also in the analytical field and are searching for the balance. And it's not easy. It really isn't. But what I find is those that are like that, that are quite analytical will explore it further and look for the science aspect of it because it is quite science-based Science just hasn't caught up to it enough just yet, but they will because it is being explored on a scientific level. Our brains are being explored the way we work, the way we light up when we're, we're reading in our, our mind. So I know that it will catch up. So when we are analytical, it allows us to explore how everything happens, to understand that on a different level, whereas other people might just have that faith. They just surrender a lot easier but analytical people don't they're looking for the detail behind it so it makes you push harder Mm. so the work will be more detailed it will be more precise because you will be just searching for something that you can't discredit and after a period of time there will get enough body of work that you'll just go there's no reason why I should know these things no, there's an, I've, I've explored it on every analytical level. There is no reason why I should know them. So at some point I will just have to trust mm. because it will get to that point where you can no longer doubt it. And that's what happens. It just takes analytical people a little bit longer because of the way that their mind works. Mm. I like that. I like that you shared that because I think that will be helpful for people who might be in that push, push and, you know, I've seen it many times with people that I've worked with. So yeah, I am totally the first camp where they're like, well, let's just go. Let's trust, (laughs) which my husband is too, which let me tell you, that can be quite the interesting marriage. Like, man, sometimes we jump and then we're like, oh, we didn't think about all of the details. (sighs) So yes, analytical people can help ground us down as well. So yes, you can relate. 
So I want to chat about um, the kids and, you know, how to kind of know if your child is psychic. So maybe, you know, you might've had those, you know, you personally knew, but your parents weren't necessarily supportive. They didn't quite understand it. So um, what are you looking for? You know, us as parents, you know, what should we be looking for? And then how can we help support our child if we do notice, oh yeah, there's something there. First of all, we need to break them into age groups because there's different things that we look for based on different ages. So, and so if we're talking about that zero to sort of three, four, before they've sort of been impacted by society, I like to say it, before they're, they've gone to school, we can notice it by their play. Um, there's physical things that show up as well. There's some, there's some common physical traits in regards to um, quite often young children and babies will have issues with reflux, digestion. There's common traits in regards to that. It's all to do with the nerve, the main nerve, the vagus nerve within mm-hmm. our body. We work with that a lot. And so we'll see physical things, but as far as behaviours, it will be things like the way that they may look. So they may not make eye contact. They may be looking off into space because they're looking at something that you can't see. Mm-hmm. They may be talking to something that you can't see. They will even know things that there is no rational reason that they know about people in the family or even as they get a little bit older, subject matters that they shouldn't really know anything about that because they haven't been exposed to school yet, but they know things that they shouldn't know. Mm -hmm. They may even have interests that are beyond their years Mm -hmm. as well. These are all because... And we use the generic word spirit. So it's our loved ones that have transitioned. Come close and share things with them. When they're asleep, they will often go back to the spirit world or be communicating with the spirit world a lot. Mm. And those young children um, do sleep a lot as they grow. And so they're quite tethered still to the spirit world. So they won't necessarily be frightened either because it's still really familiar Mm. to them. But as they go to school, things shift and change because they start to get it. So when we're talking about those children that are sort of from that four or five years old up to, you know, maybe 11, 12, that age group, they're influenced by their peers, their teachers, their family a lot more. So this is when we can see fears coming in about being scared of the dark and there's no reason they were never scared of the dark before and all of a sudden that they are. Mm. So bedtime's an issue, going to sleep's an issue, getting them to calm down their mind to relax also will be a challenge because those that are connected or to the spirit world or can feel, sense, see spirit have a mind that works a lot faster Mm. than their peers. It has to, to be able to connect to spirit because spirit is very fast. And so settling their mind enough to go to sleep is always a challenge. Mm. And also at night when all the other senses are less active so we can't see because it's dark this type of thing they can feel the change in the vibration that occurs when the spirit world comes close it's like the air feels a little bit different and that becomes unnerving because they don't understand what it is mm-hmm. so we have these type of challenges as well at school you may notice it may come up in feedback from teachers in regards to not being engaged 
at school because they can be distracted by if their grandfather has followed them to school and is going to talk to them through class, they would rather do that than concentrate. So these type of challenges come up. They will often have issues even with making friends. So we'll have some social issues show up at school purely because friends are not always nice at school. You know, we have children that are not nice to each other and spirit will always be nice to them. So they will gravitate to spending time with their family members or whoever they've connected with in the spirit world because they're never mean to them. So we'll have social issues, we'll have engagement issues. And this is where sometimes when children can be misdiagnosed with other health issues Mm -hmm. when really they're connected to the spirit world. So they may be diagnosed with um, issues that are on the spectrum, so autism and other um, medical conditions like that. That being said, though, children that are on the spectrum will be quite connected to the spirit world mm. as well because they're, the way they communicate in their frequency is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. So we need to be aware of that as well. Um, these children will also be quite, they can be quite connected to crystals, nature, animals. They just have a affinity to those type of things. So if we see kids that really love that, we, I would encourage to explore it. Mm. When they get a little bit older and they get to high school, a couple of things can happen. And even this can happen later in primary school where it becomes too overwhelming for them and they can shut themselves down if society hasn't already done that. Mm. Because they'll start to be aware that they're different. They just know that they're different, even if they can't quantify it. Mm. And so in the goal of fitting in with their community, they will shut this down. Now, what can happen when we do this is that that always knowing that you don't quite fit in starts to be a bigger issue, even though that they've consciously or unconsciously decided to do this. It, it's another thing that they have to deal with as they grow. So becoming a teenager and it's hard enough, then a teenager that you know you don't fit because you're really different and you can't be yourself because everyone judges you and you can't say everything that you experience because community can't cope with that makes it really difficult. Now, a couple of things can happen when they're teenagers. They can either really embrace this and we have to be very aware of teenagers exploring things that they probably shouldn't. Mm -hmm. So you'll see them quite drawn to tarot, crystals. They may even be into, um, you know, (laughs) Wiccan things. And and, and I'm going to say in regards to that, sometimes we might see them liking to do what we would call magic. Mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. these type of things so we have to be really aware as they get a little bit older and a little bit and they're online they're looking things up mm-hmm. so we have to be really aware as parents to be aware of what our children are doing and the most important thing that I would say to any parent that thinks that their child may be open to energy is to make sure that the communication is exceptional between the two of you that there is exceptional trust no judgment even if you don't understand it and you you can't wrap your brain around it to never judge it because when we get to these teenagers they could potentially hide things from you because of judgment they may have experienced when they were younger Mm. and so you won't really know what's going on 
The other thing that happens as they get older as teenagers, if they're not coping with it and they're not in a family that is really supportive and open to the fact that they may be a little bit different and experiencing things that others don't is drugs and alcohol can become an issue just generally as this age, but more so for these type of children because they may want to stop the voices in their head. They might want to stop feeling what they're feeling. And so these substances will help that. But we have to be aware, obviously, two things. One, just generally it's not good for us, but also it lowers the frequency within the body and can open up to energies that are not of, I'm going to say, the best interest for us to come close. So we have to be aware of those substances, how they change the frequency within someone's body and opening us up to not ideal things. You know, they could be a little bit more negative rather than, you know, grandfather. It could be other things. So we have to be aware of that. The social issues will continue the whole way through school unless they can find their tribe because they that is also a challenge as well. The whole way through school, whether so whether they're in junior school or high school, it continues to be a problem. So my recommendation to any parent is to never judge, to always be open, to continually ask questions. Never assume anything. The best thing that we can always do is just ask them to explain their experience, to keep it normal, to never make it like they're magical, even though they are special. But we also don't want to put them on a pedestal because that can happen as well. When other people know what they can do, they put them on a pedestal. And that then causes its own issues. So there is a lot to consider um, with these type of children, they are a real blessing for our planet because they can feel energy that other people can't. And I honestly believe if we can manoeuvre them through the challenges of school and growing and that they stay connected to who they truly are, it will help humanity. Because at some point in time, if we close them down, they will open up. And that's a struggle. So if we can keep them open the whole time and manoeuvre through school, it stops them from having a whole heap of psychological and self-belief issues when they're in their 20s that they have to deal with to find themselves again. Mm. That was going to be kind of my next question is like, okay, after school, is that, you know, once they're in their 20s, is that a time where, you know, people either embrace that gift and might, you know, do something with it or at that point, if it was shoved down, it just stays shoved down and they just might feel like something's missing and they, they don't know what it is. And it could be that their gift was shoved down years ago and that's wanting to come back up. Yeah. hundred percent. It's once again, it community has a lot to do with this in how, and how the, the person has been raised. So their internal beliefs and how they see themselves. So their self-esteem has a, a big part on what occurs in that time frame now they can still maneuver through hiding who they truly are the normal triggers will be when the self-belief becomes to a point where they really embrace who they are or if that doesn't occur because sometimes that does take decades sometimes it might take three or four decades other times what it will be triggered by is unfortunately the passing of someone they really care about Mm. and that person when they've transitioned from the other side maintains that communication with the young adult or even the person in their 30s and 40s 
and then that person wants to understand who they are and why this is happening again. And it will sometimes even trigger things that they have pushed down deep and they're like, I think I remember doing this as a kid. Mm. This feels familiar to me. These type of things show up. And it's almost like from the other side, that big nudge comes. Mm. Mm. Well, I have a total personal question as we're talking. I mean, I didn't even think of this until we are talking about kids, but my son, he's six right now. And like, he didn't do any preschool. It was all me and him. And we would go out in nature and he still talks, he still brings this up and he'll just randomly be like, oh, my great, great, great grandpa says this. And like, he'll just go off on these like rants from elders that he's never met. And I don't necessarily know who some of them are. Cause he'll go back many decades. Sometimes it's ones that I'm like, actually, yes, that is true. Great. Your great grandpa, my grandpa did do those things, you know, and is that kind of the same thing then he would have that connection. Hundred percent. That's ex- that is a perfect example of how, for most children, it will show up. Mm-hmm. They will have that ancestor or someone that's even closer in the family come and communicate with them, because before your son was born, they would have had a relationship. So before they came here, based on that it was your great-grandfather, they would have known each other. So that relationship is just continuing here. Now your your great-grandfather may be guiding him even through aspects of his life now and even beyond because of their relationship prior to, they call it incarnating, but prior to being born. So it's really beautiful and that's how it quite often does show up for children. And that's why I always say just trust what they say. Don't tell them that they're wrong because... How do you really know? That's what I, that's what I kind of did. I'm like, all right, tell me, tell me the story. And, you know, he'll go on and I'm like, oh, that is, that is fascinating. He doesn't do it quite as much now that he has been in school, but when he will, like on a weekend, he might bring it up. Or when we go to our favorite trail out in nature, he usually always will bring up, you know, some sort of touch point there, but he's riding his bike for miles and miles. And I think, you know, just clear head and stuff comes through. So it's so fascinating. That even happens for us. So I would even say to, you know, everyone that's listening, if your child sounds like they may be like this, they would have got this from somewhere. That's what I was going to ask you. I'm like, is this? It always comes from somewhere. (laughs) So either you as the mom, the dad, whoever, it comes from somewhere. It just doesn't show up out of the blue most of the time. So you may have had these own experiences and we've just forgotten about them as we've grown as well. And they may be happening now, you know, and I find too, and you said the bike riding, the clear head, spirit loves to talk to us when we're doing really boring things because our mind's not as active. And so they can push through the noise. And so, you know, housework for me, they just love bothering me during that. (laughs) Um, Even the shower, which seems kind of weird. It's like, really, people get a bit freaked out about, are they in the shower? It's like, well, they sort of are, but they're not interested that you're in the shower. (laughs) All that where you get these sort of light bulb moments, these random things popping into your head, I would say we sometimes think they're us, particularly the inspiration, the light bulb moments, not always. Um, So be open to the fact that this may be coming from somewhere else and that your child um, is probably taking after you or someone in your family. Yeah. I mean, most, yes, probably is myself and I, 
I've had many different experiences similar and I mean, more aware of it now than I was, you know, before I started studying Ayurveda, you know, so like the last six, seven years I've started to be like, oh, okay. Like I can feel that connection and deep meditation has gotten myself there. And, um, my great grandma, um, my, my grandmother is still alive and like her mother is one who communicates with me quite often. And she came through in a meditation and, um, she was like, Oh, you know, you need this purple amethyst necklace. Like I just see you wearing this. And so I'm like, okay, that was just a random thing, you know, amongst other things. So I went to this store and, um, was walking around cause this was the store and I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't see it. And then this lady moved at the back of the store and there was the necklace that was in my vision. I was like, Oh my gosh, that is just okay. Like I trust like this was, there was no way I went to the, the right store and there was one necklace left exactly what came through in that vision. I'm like, Oh my gosh. So that's where I started to see. Okay. And that's where I'm more open to him, you know, doing that. And as my cat came in, I'm also very attuned to the animals. <laughs> cats are fabulous. Um, they are really intuitive themselves. So cats are amazing in regards to picking up um, vibration. Dogs are as well, but cats are a whole nother level. I, my son and I both are cat people. We love cats. <laughs> so I would love to know, um, I know that I read a little bit about um, protection rituals that maybe everyone should know. So can you tell us what a protection ritual is and then why we might want to do one? So we have energy around us all the time. We're made up of energy. Now, energy is a frequency. You know, some is positive, some less positive. So we need to be aware of that as we engage with people, whether it's going to the supermarket, work, that their energy and our energy meshes, it, it mixes. Now, sometimes we don't want their energy to impact us. So this is why we would use what's called a protection ritual. It's just really a intention or a process that stops energy from mixing. So we can maintain the, I'm going to say the purity or the authenticity of our own energy. So that's why we would consider it, everyone would consider it. And we can use these concepts for ourselves, our homes, our workplaces, anywhere. One of the, there's a couple of ones that I'll just share very quickly. One is, and it's everywhere. It's not a new concept. And it's where we would encase all of us and when I say all of us, it's not our, only our physical, it's our aura. And for me, a healthy aura is about a, an arm length all around us, above our head, below our feet. So all of our energy, which is important, encase all of that in either a cube or a bubble. The important thing with this process is to make sure that it's about as thick as a, an aquarium that you would go to visit. So a few inches thick. And, and we would use our imagination to picture it as like glass, something like this, like we're putting ourselves in a, a bigger fish tank, mm. if you want to think of it, of it that way. And this will keep the energy from coming into our aura from other people or, or other environments. So we don't feel things that aren't ours, but sometimes we feel things that aren't ours and we think they're ours. We feel other emotions and we think that they're ours, but they're not really. It's just that the energies of other people or situations has come into ours and we're not quite sure, we're not aware, and we're 
we're misinterpreting it. So it's nice for that so we can just stay true to our own energy. Another lovely one is, once again, visualisation is something that we work with a lot and we would visualise. We don't have to know who they are, but we would visualise a group of people that we know that are our friends from the spirit world. So they may be angels depending on um, belief systems. They may be what we call spirit guides, which are our spirit friends. They may be our loved ones that have already transitioned, that they would stand around us in a circle with their back to us and their face, their front facing out so they can see what's coming towards us and have the intention or ask them. And sometimes we don't have to see these things. We can just ask and trust, which is our biggest challenge, to stop any energy that is we're picking up from an environment or someone else that isn't coming into our energy that is not good for us they use the phrase highest good but realistically it's just not good for us now sometimes we might be around people that make us say things that later on we're like i wish i didn't say that Mm -hmm. but they triggered me Mm -hmm. it's great for these type of situations spirit gave me this when i had to deal with my grandma uh, sorry my Mm mother-in-law i know i know it works really (laughs) well because she used to make me say things that I didn't like the ugliness would come out of me. So I use that for that situation to have this team of spiritual beings, these family members around me blocking all energy coming towards me that really is not good for me. That's I haven't heard of that one. I like that the mm. you know having the the spirits that around you and turning their back to you. That's I like that. Well, thank you for sharing that because I think um that will be helpful for people, especially like I was, I mean, you know, as we're going back out and things are opening up, you know, slowly, but surely. And, you know, being back in that environment, I was at a basketball game and I'm like, oh my goodness. Whoa. There's just so much energy like that, that I just was like, I should have grounded myself a little before I came. Cause not realizing how much that was going to impact me just because I hadn't been around that many people for, you know, a couple of years now. And then being around it, it was, it was a lot going on. Yeah. And I too was the same when we went through that here in Australia. It's like, the intensity because you sort of get used to it and then when you're not it's like I can really feel that now because I became so aware of how I just felt my own energy not being influenced by anyone else Mm -hmm. and then when you go into a crowded place and so when I anywhere where you're going to mix with other people you can use these type of things Mm -hmm. either of those two will work really well I will say they don't last forever Mm -hmm. I know that the first one that I offered to you does dissolve and it lasts about six hours the one with the spirit team standing around you you will set a time frame on that you know based on an event or a situation you you can give more direction to the second one in regards to i want it to stop this i want it to last this long for this intention you can put all that in the second one with the spirit team standing around you but once again nothing lasts forever so you have to reset these that's awesome. Well, um, I want to know if people are like, wow, how can I, you know, how can I work with you? Where can people connect with you at? Um, what is your website, social medias that you prefer? All of those things. So thanks. I'm, you can find me on bromonjanemedium.com and on the socials, the same thing. So Bromon Jane Medium or Bromon Jane. So you can connect with me anywhere on all the socials and, um, on my website as well, in any way that you like, even if it's just to reach out, say hi on the social media and, and let me know that you've, you know, you've listened to the podcast, you found me that way, or, you know, even to work with me in some way. Perfect. 
Well, I just have one final question and I always like to throw out a weekly challenge to all the listeners. And then when I have a guest on, I have the guest throw out a little challenge for everyone to try this week. So what would you like that challenge to be? So what I would like them to do is to build their own relationship with spirit. So put your non-dominant hand on your heart. And what that does is it triggers, it actually lights up your brain, that connection of you putting your hand on your heart, much like a hug does. And as you do that and you draw your breath in, take a breath in and have the intention that you're lifting up through your crown, so through the top of your head, connecting to whatever your higher power is and ask that higher power, what do you need to know today? Whatever drops into your awareness, it could be a thought, it could be a feeling, it could be just one word, whatever that is, that's what I want you to accept is what you need to know and to take that for the day and run with it, whatever it is embrace that that's the wisdom that you need to get through today I love that and thank you that's a new one for us to have here as a challenge so thank you so much for sharing that with us today yes um so thanks again for coming on the podcast and um I got so much insight and wisdom from your your knowledge so definitely reach out with um you know with Bronwyn and um say hi and let her know any insights that maybe you got from the podcast as well today Thank you for having uh, me on your podcast. I truly appreciate it. Yeah. And everyone go out there and spread your peaceful power.